In a game that was pretty tight all the way through three quarters, the Buccaneers offense exploded, emerging victorious over the Miami Dolphins 45 to 17. We saw Tom Brady air it out for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. We saw Antonio Brown set an NFL record, but we also saw linebacker Levante David go down to a high ankle sprain. We're going to dive into all of that and more right here on our reaction episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Bucks is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thank you to all who have already subscribed to our YouTube channel. If you have not done so, head over to YouTube, check out the Locked On Bucks channel and please subscribe. I'm James Yarko, joined as I always am by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. James, you know who has subscribed on YouTube? Uh, Yousef. Yousef. Hey, guys. This is Yousef out here in the Great Southwest. Um, that Bucks game today against the Dolphins was fan-freaking-tastic, uh, especially from an offensive standpoint. That's the one of the most impressive offensive displays that I've seen in quite a while from that offense. It was can't complain much about today at all. Like, obviously, our defense wasn't perfect, but uh, they did what they had to do today defensively. Um, hopefully, at Levante's okay. This doesn't sound like it's going to be that serious. I thought he his knee got screwed up, but. Luckily, it was not. It was his ankle, and hopefully that ankle is nothing to be too concerned about. Um, so, again, the, the defense did what they had to do. It was kind of – I kind of felt it was like a bend but don't break kind of day for them. Uh, they We did let the Dolphins score a couple times, but at the end of the day, it was okay. Um, Got to turn around and have a short week of practice and get ready for Thursday night against – the Eagles, who actually won today uh, against uh, Carolina. So that's going to be a tough game coming up. I mean, every game is tough. So, I mean, it may sound kind of cliche, but um, on a short week, it's going to be tough. So I'm thoroughly impressed with today's game and not a lot of bad things to say. But as I always say, I'm not going to get too high, but not too low either. Anyways, guys, as always. Go Bucks! All right, Yusef, appreciate the call. And yeah, in week five of the 2021 NFL season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Miami Dolphins 45 to 17. And now they advance to four and one on the year. This is the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen every day. The Miami Dolphins are going to fall to one and four thanks to this loss and are two losses away now, James, from matching their 2021 total with six losses. Uh, and oh, by the way, they've got an extra game to play this year compared yeah. to last year as well. So some quick, significant stat lines. Before we get into our storylines from this game, Tom Brady, 30 of 41, passing 411 yards, five touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett, 27 of 39, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Linebacker Devin White and Miami Dolphins linebacker Jerome Baker tied for the game lead with eight tackles each. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense sacked Brissett three times, while the Dolphins defense got two sacks of their own. And a special shout-out to 
defensive tackle Vita Vea, half a sack and a tackle. Finally, getting into the stat sheet, finally getting off his lazy bum and doing some work right. for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Tom Brady, first ever game uh, with 400-plus yards passing and five or more touchdowns. Antonio Brown, fastest player in NFL history to reach 900 receptions, 143 games compared to Marvin Harrison, who held the record before with 149. Imagine, James, what A.B. could have been doing if it wasn't for <laughs> frostbite lawsuits, criminal charges, drama, businesses booming, podcasts, all that stuff. Uh, a lot going on in this week five win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is your biggest storyline you think leaving this matchup? Uh, the biggest storyline to me is Levante David. The yeah. Bucs are on a short week, you know, turn around, they go to Philadelphia. So they already, they have to travel. They're playing Thursday night and now they're losing a captain on the defensive side of the ball that is already without Sean Murphy. Bunting is already without Carlton Davis might still be without Antoine Winfield Jr. Now you lose Levante David, who is a huge, huge part of the run defense. He's a huge part of the pass defense. And you're going up against an Eagles team where they have two pass catching tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. And Levante is a huge, huge part of being able to stop tight ends. So him going down to a high ankle sprain, which is what Bruce Arians said after the game that it was, he may miss multiple weeks. High ankle sprains are the worst to try to come back from. Uh, so that's definitely the biggest storyline in this one. For all the good that there was, Levante David going down was absolutely brutal. This team cannot catch a break with injuries right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, what you said earlier last week is, is going to be correct and that, you know, the, the injury bug is kind of biting the Buccaneers at the right time and that by the time they get through all of these uh, injuries, they'll get healthy and then they'll be able to get put together. I mean, still, this this defense, Todd Bowles has not had the same defensive alignment, the same defensive roster for two weeks in a row, like to this day. And it's, it's amazing to me um, that the defense is still able to do what they've done. Listen, I know a lot of people are going to talk about how, you know, they, they maybe didn't like uh, everything that they saw from the defense and the Miami dolphins is let's not get it twisted. They did leave some plays on the field there, but at the end of the day, this defense gave up 17 points to an NFL offense and it's still an NFL offense. I got that Jacoby Brissett isn't, you know, the most dangerous quarterback in the world and all that stuff, but this is still an NFL offense. They still get paid millions of dollars on their side of the ball to put points up against opponents. So anytime you're able to hold, a defense under 20 points. I mean, that's a successful day as far as I'm concerned. I think my biggest storyline, James, coming out of here is seeing kind of, uh, I've never seen the movie, but you know, Stella got her groove back, right? That's kind of what I look at uh, this game. And I know there was some talk about that and there was kind of some, uh, some, 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 some bite back a little bit. Like, what do you mean? You know, what, why are you acting so surprised? All this stuff. Like we haven't seen this, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense really click at that high efficiency level like we did in this game. And I think that's a welcome sight to, to see come back. Obviously you want to see You love seeing it in the Florida sun in Raymond James stadium. You know what I mean? But putting up 40 plus points. I mean, this team had an impressive streak of 30 plus points per game going. And then that got broken and they had two games where they didn't even come close to that. So to see them come out here, put up a 40 burger. I know uh samurai Lee over at the loose cannons wanted to see the 50 burger. Uh, Jake Arians told him that's, that's what class does. It keeps you from putting up that 50 and you put, Blaine Gabbard out there. You put the backups out there on the field. Let them get some snaps, some reps, uh, which could prove valuable, you know, someday if you need it. Hopefully you don't need Blaine Gabbard, but the other guys who have some reps, you know, that might prove valuable someday if you need them. So 
that's kind of what I'm seeing because moving forward, right, we're going to talk a little bit deeper about this defense and this offense here in a minute, but moving forward, if you need to rely on your offense to basically put up so many points that you're forcing the opposition, that almost kind of becomes a defense in itself because you force the opposing offense to become one-dimensional trying to keep up with the point splits that you're putting on the board. So to see that coming back, perfect timing, a short week here. If Levante does need to take the week off, which I predict he probably will uh, at this point in time. I mean, high ankle sprains again. And you don't want him out there for one game. You know what I mean? It's the sixth game of the season. You don't need him out there chasing Jalen Hurts all over the field, trying to cover Zach Hurts, trying to cover Dallas Goddard and getting hurt even more than he already is. Put Kevin Mincer out there. Help put 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 Joe Tryon Schwink out there at middle linebacker. Kevin Britt, not the best pass guy. Put Grant Stewart out there. At least you know with Grant Stewart out there, maybe you can distract Jalen Hurts with all the, the flowing locks flowing through the middle of the field and he won't be able to be on target. Whatever it is, Levante David probably out for this weekend's game uh, or this Thursday night game. But again, if you're putting up 40 points against the Philadelphia Eagles, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely should be. And uh, you know, it, it was nice to see the offense kind of get going and, and we're going to get into that a little bit more coming up, but you know, it's so tough with these injuries, man. It really, really is. And, and I hope I'm right too. I I'm hoping that all of these are hitting early enough in the season that, you know, come week 12, week 13, week 14, they have all these guys back. Carlton Davis is starting. Sean Murphy Bunting is starting. Levante David is back. I don't know how long this injury is going to last, but we've seen historically high ankle sprains are multi-week injuries and, and they are very, very difficult to come back from. So yeah. fingers crossed, but they may not need them against the Eagles. Absolutely. And look, the healthiest team is usually the most successful team. Uh, you probably heard that before and something else you probably heard before is people having just an, an abundant amount of devices, ridiculous amount of devices, whether it be handhelds or things plugged into your televisions, things plugged into your computers to connect over here through this connection so that the government can't track what you're doing. You've probably got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've probably got another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phones, and you've got your friend's password for the rest of the stuff. But we're going to tell you now about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So now you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes, devices, no needs to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So you can get rid of your clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 72 here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. Victory Monday, James. It's, it's enjoyable being able to say that as much as we I'll get to these these days um, for the for the first chunk of our time covering this team. We didn't get as many of those, so it was kind of rare. But now well, I almost have to pause and say, "Am I just is this just force a habit?" But here we are, Victory Monday once again. Two for two on Victory Mondays since uh, starting YouTube. Absolutely. So I mean, I think not. I think that has to be tied in some way, shape, or form to YouTube views and subscriptions, right? So if you guys haven't already, please. Go ahead, head over to the YouTube page, just search Locked On Bucks at YouTube, click subscribe, click the notification button, and be like Yousef. Let us know uh, what you think about the show. Let us know what you think about the topics and the conversation. We'd love to hear from you guys as always, and we thank you as always for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. Again, free and available on all platforms. James, offense. Let's talk Buccaneers offense. We kind of already talked about Tom Brady, but again, 30 for 41, 411 yards, five touchdowns, a 144.4 QBR. Uh, the second highest QBR in this game? 
Blaine Gabbert, four for four, 41 yards in relief, 109.4 uh, QBR. Leonard Fournette, uh, just just 12 catches, right? So not a very big part of the offense, obviously, oh, with just scary. 67 yards and a touchdown. Ronald Jones got his five touches and 21 yards. Gio Bernard, four touches for 21 yards. Tom Brady with the the clutch scramble near the end of the first half for, for his one run for 13. I mean, it, again, it, just a lot to love. Uh, about this offense, uh, in, especially in this performance, but overall. But what what are your kind of biggest takeaways, specifically looking at the offense from week? Uh, well, the the number one takeaway that I have is this is Leonard Fournette's backfield. Period. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. I've I've been holding out hope that we were going to see the Ronald Jones of 2020 that nearly rushed for a thousand yards. He just flat out does not have it this year compared to what Leonard Fournette is doing. Leonard is more decisive. He's more uh elusive he's hitting the holes faster he's making plays he's making guys miss he just looks like the better all-around back he's catching passes out of the backfield and creating first downs and creating plays that way when ronald jones is in it's just not the same so moving forward you know i i wrote about it in my pick six that's going to be on bucks nation monday morning leonard fournette should be out touching ronald jones at the bare minimum, two to one. Maybe it should even be three to one, but Leonard Fournette is the better running back in this offense right now today. And until we see anything that makes us think differently, then it needs to be the Leonard Fournette show out of the backfield. That said, the only other thing that I want to throw out there, and I don't know, David, if you noticed or not, but that final drive with the starters Okay, before they pulled Brady and all those guys, it was the second touchdown pass to Mike Evans uh, after the Jamel Dean interception. The receivers on the field were Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Tyler Johnson. We did not see Chris Godwin at all in that next-to-last drive. Now, when they pulled Brady and Blaine Gabbert was in, okay, you had Tyler Johnson out there, but then there was also a play where he hits Antonio Brown for a 20-yard gain and a first down. Mike Evans was out there on the last play before the two-minute drill. My question is, what happened to Chris Godwin? I don't remember seeing an injury of any sort. I don't know what really happened there. Maybe it's it's of no concern, but it's something that I noticed and, and kind of was concerned about. Well, going back to the week leading up to the game, he was on the injury report. If you remember, he had a thumb injury listed on the injury report leading into the weekend. And I actually wondered myself if that's not the same thumb that he missed time with last year because it was it was a thumb that he that he broke and had to have uh, pins in if I remember correctly again. Um, yeah, so I so I don't know if that specifically is the same thumb or if it's even the same hand. Uh, but he wasn't you know he was on the injury report not not you know, I think he was a full participant anyway every single practice so not obviously a huge concern. But I mean again with the game in hand uh, you know for the most part but kind of still wanting to keep the gas uh, pressed down a little bit you know don't don't let up too early too soon maybe though you take Chris off the field. You let Tyler Johnson get out there on the field. Like still, still a very productive day uh, for Chris Godwin. I mean, seven catches, 70 yards on 11 targets. And then uh, I know he had a couple end round, you know, type plays and, and just an all around versatile weapon for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense there and Mr. One four. So yeah, not a focal point of the offense, right? But that's something that we've kind of talked to everybody about, especially those in fantasy football land. You can't, you can't draft a Buccaneers player and say, look, every single week you expect to put up points, except if it's maybe Tom Brady. Uh, and then, of course, Antonio Brown is probably your best chance. And now, apparently, Leonard Fournette moving forward uh, is going to be the running back to lean on in all fantasy formats. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Especially, I mean, think about the Thursday turnaround, right, James? I mean, you don't typically you don't hear coaches like making decisions for next week while the game this week is 
is still going on. But hey, maybe somebody got in the ears of or in the ear of Byron Leftwich or Bruce Aaron and said, Hey, we got a game, guys, in four days. So maybe we take Chris off and let him ice that thumb and and get a little bit healthy. So I'm not too worried about it. Not worried until there's a reason to be worried. Um, I like seeing OJ Howard back yeah. in, in action a little bit. Two catches, 19 yards. Not a great day by any means, but you know, we kind of talked about it last week and we we mentioned that we want to see him kind of get that get that motor uh going a little bit. Maybe this is kind of a little bit of a sign of of things to build and maybe he can make an impact uh, against Philadelphia Eagles next week. Something I noticed, James, is the development of an offensive scheme and learning from what your opponents are doing. So we talk about the Miami Dolphins defense is how similar they were to the New England Patriots defense and how the New England Patriots where it came out and granddad weather on their side, of course, um, but doing some things to kind of bend, don't break, force the Buccaneers to score from within the 20-yard line, score, force them to score close. What I saw a lot from the Buccaneers today, and, and maybe – Maybe I just noticed it more, you know what I mean? Because I was kind of looking for it more, or maybe it's real. But a lot of a lot of impact blocking. And I go back to, to one of those Mike Evans touchdowns. Mike Evans catches the ball, and Jaden Mickens goes out there and lays his body on the line to get a defender out of the way, escorts Mike Evans into the end zone. And I'm not saying we never saw that kind of stuff before, but it just seems today, you look at the big Antonio Brown touchdown. Again, there was a wide receiver, a fellow teammate of his downfield, helping to kind of create the lane that he was able to run through to get downfield and then get get up and feed, get, get up and down north and south and use those jets to get into the end zone. Just It seemed like there was just more a more concerted effort by the wide receivers to block for each other after the catch, and I think that is perhaps something that they saw against New England. They said, look, guys, if a defense is going to play us like this, you've got to go out there and clear out the clutter and let your teammates have some room to run after the catch, and I think they paid attention to that, and it looks to me like that's what we saw in week five. Flipping over to the defense, though, James, there's a little bit of bending. I got it. And there was, there was a little bit more breaking than I think a lot of people want, but I gotta, I gotta give a little bit of props to, uh, to young Jamel Dean. Look, one of the last times we saw him on the field before he got hurt, he was dropping a huge interception. It turns out to be a pivotal crossroads point for his team. They take their first loss of the game or of the season this weekend. I mean, I don't know, you know, I wouldn't say that the game hinged necessarily on that point, but the Miami Dolphins were certainly still out there trying to put forth an effort to try to put a comeback bid together. And what happens, he comes up with an interception. Uh, I tweeted out, I retweeted a tweet about it, said he definitely didn't drop that one. So happy to see Jamel, one, get back on the field, bounce back from that injury, and then two, also come back because we've seen it before. Players get the yips, and they just start dropping everything. Jamel Dean definitely kept his hands on that interception. Yeah, it was great to see Jamel get the interception, but I was not thrilled with this defensive performance. And I know know, earlier in the show you said you you hold an NFL team to 17 points, you should be proud of that. And and it shouldn't matter that it's Jacoby Brissett out there, a quarterback. But to me, it does matter a little bit. You had Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. You were missing your top two wide receivers in Devontae Parker and uh, Will Fuller. And you allowed three scoring drives of over 70 yards to the Miami Dolphins. You gave them their longest scoring drive of the season. And what was really concerning and frustrating to me was the pass rush was getting there. There was a moment where Shaq Barrett and JPP both had Jacoby Brissett wrapped up and he still completed a pass for a first down. It's it's inexcusable. You know, Shaq had a great game, but they have to finish those plays. And there was somebody on, on Twitter that had replied to uh, to one of the tweets that I put out on Bucks Nation when I talked about Richard Sherman with that defensive pass interference in the end zone. And he said, get rid of him like already get rid of Richard Sherman. Okay. No, that's stupid because who are you going to replace him with? 
Richard Sherman will be fine, but it was just another example of how he's not ready yet. Yeah. He he hasn't had the offseason. He didn't have the preseason. He didn't have the training camp. He's still working his way back to being Richard Sherman. So no, you don't get rid of him, but Sherman cannot make those kinds of mistakes either. You want to give up some, some yards? I understand. You know, you give up some of these short routes, you make the tackle, fine. Don't tug on a guy on third down in the end zone and give the opposing team first and goal at the one. Mm. So I, I still have some gripes with the defense, but overall, I would say it's a little bit better than what we've seen this season. Yeah, and I hear what you're saying, and I think that uh, a lot of people are going to echo the same sentiments. I look at it like this. I think what I saw today was a smarter Jacoby Brissett, a more prepared a more comfortable Jacoby Brissett. I know he looked terrible in relief of Tua Tagovailoa when he came in, and then last week as the full t- as the full starter for his first full game looked even worse. But today, I feel like he made smarter throws. He, I think, he knew what his reads were going to be, and he knew where his receivers should be a little bit better than he did the week prior. So even though they were missing some weapons, uh, they still had guys like Jalen Waddle out there, and then Preston Williams. And, and I mean, it's not going to help my case here, but uh, he actually missed Preston Williams on what could have been a very big pass. Um, uh, right around the time again, the game wasn't put away quite yet, but it was you know, the Buckers were still probably pretty well in hand or had the victory well in hand. But a, a strike there to Preston Williams on that specific, uh, specific pass with I believe Richard Sherman trailing and coverage would have been huge for the Miami Dolphins. So I think you just saw a better Jacoby Brissett. And then I still, man, and I know a lot of people expected a lot of things from this defense. I still look at it and I take any defense across the NFL, and if they're missing a starting safety, if they're missing two of their starting cornerbacks in this game or in this league, and they're bringing off a, bring a veteran off the streets less than two weeks ago to start in a game uh, against an NFL offense. I don't think any other defense holds this team to 17 points in those same circumstances. So for that reason, I still kind of give the Buccaneers defense a little bit of props. Yeah. The, the early, the early drives, you obviously don't want to be that. And you don't want to be on anybody's list as, you know, longest drive uh, completed or constructed against you type of thing. You don't want to be on those lists. I get it. But again, just kind of giving a little bit of credit because of the injury uh, situation that they dealt with, especially in the secondary. I don't know. I'm 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 kind of okay with it because again, you kept them. I mean, you kept them under under twenty points. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. And uh, David, I don't know if if I'm allowed to say this or not, but built bars they're a little bit magic. A little bit magic. My son had two hockey games on Sunday. They lose game one nine to two. Then in the hour in between, I'm passing some built bars out to uh to Beckett and, and his teammates they come back and they beat that same team three to one in game two I'm just saying those cookies and cream bars went a long way in that hour break but if you're not a cookies and cream person they're salted caramel double chocolate peanut butter brownie mint brownie raspberry cherry coconut almond and coconut there's something for everyone if you don't know what your favorite flavor is go ahead and order a mixed box you're going to get two of each you're going to be able to figure out what your favorite flavor is. It gave those kids a little bit of a boost with 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at built.com. Wrapping things up here on a victory Monday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at jarko underscore bucks at dharrison82. 
David, let's go ahead and kick things over to the voicemail line before we name our plays and players of the game. Fire the cannons, boys. This is Matt from Morvin, Georgia. I'm sitting here with Troy and Hank. And uh, we're excited about the Buccaneers' victory, but unfortunately, CBS down here, we're on the Georgia-Florida line close to Jacksonville, about an hour away. So they decided to play the stinking Jacksonville Jaguars instead of the Bucks. You guys like watching the Jaguars? No. Hank, what do you think about the Jaguars? They suck. That's right, buddy. They do suck. But we watched it on my phone. It was grainy and terrible, but we got to see some stuff. But we're looking forward to hearing you guys give your take on the game because there was a lot of buffering and stuff like that. It was pretty frustrating. But a win is a win, and we're glad to see that. The boys are laying around in a touchdown treat coma right now. So we had a big day. But looking forward to hearing from y'all. Let's go, Buck. Fire them cannons. That was brutal, man. Out of the mouths of babes. Uh, Matt, thank you for the call. Uh, Troy is crushing it in baseball right now. I don't know if you've seen the videos that, that Matt has posted. He's absolutely crushing it. So it's great to hear from you guys. Um, David, why don't we go ahead and, and get over to our plays of the game. I'm going to defer to you first. Good sir, uh, what was your uh, what was your play of the game? Yeah, my play of the game is going to be the the strip sack from Shaquille Barrett recovered by Indomitian and Sue. Uh, it's second and two. The, the Dolphins have the ball. The Tampa Bay thirty. I want to say it was twenty four to ten. So again, not like the closest game in the world, right? But the Dolphins have the ball. The Tampa thirty. They're moving forward, and Jacoby, I believe, was targeting tight end Mike Gesicki, who was open, wide open, as a matter of fact. And it would have been a new set of downs, obviously inside. The Buccaneers 30 now getting near the red zone. So if that pass not only gets out, but also gets completed, Mike Gusecki makes a guy miss. Maybe you're talking about an even bigger play. Either way, the Miami Dolphins have a much better situation. And they're only down two touchdowns so early enough in the game that they can try to mount a comeback. But Shaquille Barrett of that defense, they come up with a huge play. They get the ball back for their offense. And really, that was kind of the best opportunity I think the Miami Dolphins had up to that point and even after that point to really make this a game against the Buccaneers. After that, you saw them put up just obviously a, a ton of points and really kind of run away with this one. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a huge one. Um, my play of the game is one that you already kind of talked about. Third down for the Buccaneers on their own side of the field. Just a short little crossing route to Antonio Brown. Tyler Johnson lays down a block and springs him for a 62-yard touchdown. That was Antonio Brown's longest touchdown reception since 2018. That was Tom Brady's longest touchdown pass <laughs> since 2018. So both of them, their longest plays as Buccaneers. And going back to Friday's episode, David, that means you won the, uh, the, the prop bet where we talked about which team was going to have the longest play. And you specifically said... Antonio Brown was going to be the one to spring the longest play. This so, is booming. Uh, kudos to you, sir. My, <laughs> Appreciate it. My player of the game, I went to the defensive side of the ball, uh, which is kind of funny considering I talked about how frustrated I was, but Shaquille Barrett had a fantastic game. He finished with four tackles. He did have one and a half sacks. Could have been like three and a half, uh, you know, if, if they had been able to finish some plays, but did have that forced fumble that was part of your play of the game. So it, it was a it was a good game from Shaq. He kept the pressure up all day, mm -hmm. but it's about finishing now. We've seen the flashes from these pass rushers, mostly Shaquille Barrett, 
but now it's about finishing and they're going to have their hands full this week with a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts. It's going to be real interesting to see. Yeah. You know, I just realized, you know what actually might make me partially being okay with this Buccaneers defense more than a lot of people are is the fact that I also cover the Washington football team because I just watched the defense that's supposed to be a top five defense in the national football league have two sacks against James Winston, New Orleans saints. By the way, New Orleans saints came in missing Teron Armstead and Eric McCoy from their offensive line. And that defensive line for Washington got two sacks on Jameis. They lost Andrews Pete during the game. He did end up coming back late in the game, but they lost him for a period of time. Still couldn't generate a consistent pass rush. And, oh, by the way, they allowed Jameis Winston to throw four touchdowns. James, we saw Jameis Winston win two games as a Buccaneer in games where he threw an interception and lost a fumble. On Sunday... I covered Jameis Winston's third win in such a game. Yeah. I have seen every single Jameis Winston game that he's won while throwing an interception and losing a fumble. So anyway, a little bit of perspective there <laughs> on why on why I come over to this game and I'm looking at this. I'm like, that's a pretty good defensive performance. Uh, player of the game, Leonard Fournette, regular season Lenny. I love it. I mean, the dude is, like you said, he just, he's taken over that running back, back room. He is RB1. Uh, look. He's doing things. If you go back to when Leonard Fournette was brought to this team, James, I had a lot of, I'll call them gripes, whatever you want to call them. I had a lot of criticisms for his game, right? Danced mm-hmm. too much, didn't use his strength and his size to his advantage as much, uh, had some struggles in the receiving game. Bruce Arians went out, defended him, said, look, he can catch just fine. As he's trying to think ahead two steps, not bringing in the ball because he's already thinking about what he's going to do when he gets downfield. It looks like those lessons have gotten through to Leonard Fournette, and we absolutely saw him body at least a couple of Miami Dolphins defenders uh, this weekend. Absolutely love it. I mean, literally getting tackled down the sideline, staying in inbounds, dragging Miami Dolphins defenders with them, losing his helmet in the process. That is Leonard Fournette I wanted to see when he came out of LSU. That is Leonard Fournette I wanted to see last year. We didn't see it until the postseason. Now we're seeing it in the regular season, and it is a beautiful thing. Regular season, Lenny, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Player of the game, easily by far Leonard Fournette. Yeah, you thought Saquon Barkley's ankle was bad. Leonard Fournette did that to a Dolphins defender on both of his ankles on that little catch that he had. He did a little duck and uh, yeah. the def- oh, the bob and weave on multiple do- like I can't oh, like do- was- Dolphins linebackers coming up with nothing but air multiple times because awesome. giant Leonard Fournette showing the agility. Man, I mean it was just it's just a great game. Yep, and I appreciate the confirmation on my predictive player of the game, which was. Leonard Fournette yeah. with that David Always so happy to do that hey hey we were we were both right on multiple <laughs> things and that's what this show is all about absolutely thank you to Yusef and Matt and his crew over there for calling in if you want to call in give you know go ahead and dial the number 813-444-5841 or if you want to send us an email it's locked on bucks podcast at gmail.com once again thank you for making today's episode of Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to dive a little bit deeper and share our in-depth takeaways from the Week 5 win over the Miami Dolphins. Now you need to make your second listen, Peacock and Williamson. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms just like this show. And of course, I got to plug it one more time. Head over to YouTube, subscribe to the Locked On Bucks channel over there. There's going to be exclusive YouTube content coming 
as, as David and I continue to try to work on uh, on pumping things out to that channel so you don't want to miss that stuff. Subscribe, set your alerts, hit the like button. We appreciate all of it. Check out everything we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarris82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding victory Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy.